You're listening to I Heard It on the 806, a podcast by John Bowers. In this episode, John tells us the story of Herb Christensen, a lifelong drug addict with a call of God on his life to take the gospel to the nations. One of the great miracles that took place that started my walk believing in physical healing miracles happened to a dear friend of mine called Herb Christensen. 1993, Herb was in the hospital dying of heart failure, and he was one of the first recipients of open heart surgery in Eugene, Oregon at the Sacred Heart Hospital. They did the surgery, he came out, recuperated. Uh, His issue was with drugs, misuse of drugs for years, The doctors didn't give him a whole lot of time, but I heard the Lord tell me, bring him under your arm and do not be afraid and do not be concerned about his past habits or even his habits now. Love him. I have a call on his life. Now, that seems so strange because here's a guy dying basically of a heart attack, heart failure, and a drug addict. And God says, bring him under your arms. I have a call in his life. So I kind of passed on the call on his life. So I started meeting with Herb at Starbucks Coffee. That's where he loved to meet. And we met at least once a week at Starbucks. And he was in my office many times during the week. Finally, I had come to the place where it was becoming an embarrassment to my eldership. Because I would take Herb with me to different calls. I would go. Somebody was sick or whatever, and I would jump in my old green pickup, which they call Greeny, and I would take off to whatever destination I was going, and I'd stop by oftentimes and pick up Herb. Well, what was happening is that while I was in the front room ministering to the people, Herb was in the bathroom plumaging through their drugs. And the word got out. And so the elders called a meeting one night. They they asked me to come. Well, that never had happened. I I mean, elders never called a meeting that I wasn't aware of. So they called me up and they said, hey, Pastor John, come on. We're all here and we we just got to talk with you. Well, there was probably six different recorded incidences where Herb had confiscated drugs while I was ministering in the front room. And these family members in the church were just saying, "We're, we're embarrassed that Pastor John hangs out with Herb because it's not a good witness. So the elder said, John, we just want you to reconsider your friend, Herb Christensen. We love Herb, but we cannot represent Christ Center, the church that I was pastoring, the church that I founded, by going into people's private quarters and taking their drugs. It's got to end. I said, well, yes, I understand that. So the next morning, I'm at the Starbucks with Herb, and I said, Herb, we want, I want to go home today with you, and I want you to do me a favor, because I want you to listen very carefully. God told me when you were in the hospital for your, first, for your surgery just a few months ago that he wanted me to take you under his, my arm and to prepare you for a ministry. And I said, if we're going to get there, You need to quit taking people's drugs. You need to quit taking drugs, period. Let's go home. Give me all the drugs you've stashed away. 
He said, so you think God has a call on my life? I said, yes, I think he has a call on your life. Okay. So we went home. He took a big old paper bag, a grocery sack bag, and he filled it about half full of these drugs that he went and he took out of the garage. He took out in his closet, took out in his office. He had them stashed all over the house. And as we're walking out the sidewalk, the Lord spoke to me. He says, there's another sack this full that he kept. I says, Herb Christensen, you can phony baloney me, but you can't fake it with God. There's another half sack. He goes, oh, <laughs> and he used some rather foul language. Went back in the house, and sure enough, he brought out another sack about the same size I had. And I, I took it home with me and threw it away. That was the beginning of an amazing journey because he had withdrawals and he suffered. And less than a year from his first open heart surgery, he had the second surgery. And this time it was really bleak because his arteries, his veins were so, so deteriorated. And they told him basically there was nothing they could do for him. So he came home really weak, and he said, I think you miss it, Pastor. I'm dying, and you told me I have a world ministry. I said, yeah, I, I know I told you that. Told you you had a call on in your life. That's true. But it's not me. I'm not responsible. It's God that's responsible. I just told you what he told me. Well, he said, I think it's all a bunch of bop de bop de bop I said, now, let me just share this with you, Herb, and it's your choice. Hebrews 3.15 says, today, if you hear his voice and do not harden your heart, God will fulfill his call on your life. Now, it's your choice. If you want to harden your heart and look at your circumstance and look at the doctor's report, you have a right to do that. But if you'll look at the word of God, and trust God's report, because I'm the messenger that told you, then that's your choice. Trust God. Live, be a servant of the Lord, have a ministry, or not, and die. Well, I choose to live. I said, okay, then let's get to work. Let's quit worrying about how you feel. Let's get to work. Well, six months went by, and he had another heart attack. And he's back in the hospital, and I got the call that night, or excuse me, that morning. They don't expect him maybe to live through the day. The psychiatrist had come into the hospital with the priest, and they said to her, we want to prepare you for what is very likely going to happen. That is, you're, you're not going to maybe make it in the next 24 hours. So Herb said, well, I've already made a choice. And that choice is in the word of God in Hebrews 3.15. And I'm not hardening my heart to the word of the Lord. Now, if he wants to take me home, so be it. But I believe I have a ministry. And I want my pastor here. So he called me. And I went up to the hospital. As I got out of the car in the parking lot to walk across the street to go into the Sacred Heart Hospital in Eugene, Oregon, the Lord spoke to me as clear as could be and said, 
prophesy to Herb as soon as you see him. Don't greet him. Don't have small talk. Prophesy to him immediately that I've called him to go into the world. He's going to minister to thousands. And it's going to be a blessing that I've been waiting for. I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. Could this possibly be you, Lord? And the Lord said, you know it's me because you've heard this voice before. I said, okay, I, I've, I've got it. So I went into his room. I said, Herb, I have a prophecy. You're going to go into all the world. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to lead thousands to the Lord. You're going to live. You're not going to die. Now, claim that. He said, I claim it. I said, okay, let's get up and get out of here. He says, John, <laughs> you mean physically get up and get out of here? Yes. I said, I've called your wife. And I grabbed my phone and I called her. I said, get up here and get him. Now, folks, if he's going to die, he just will die going home with me than sitting in the hospital dying. So that day we brought him home. He went home and he went to bed. Next morning, he calls me and he says, hey, I feel pretty good. I says, great. So he said, I'm going to come to the office and let's go get a Starbucks. So we did. Now, this guy was supposed to die within 24 hours. So we went to Starbucks and he said, I, I'm waiting to hear God tell me what to do. I said, well, he's going to tell you. So when he tells you, obey. That next week, he comes to my office and he shook his head and he says, you won't believe what I've heard. I said, what did you hear? I'm to go to Russia. I said, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm to go to Russia. I said, well, who do you know in Russia? Nobody. So what do you think I should do, Pastor? I said, okay, now, now listen to me very, very carefully. Are you sure you've heard the Lord tell you you're to go to Russia? Yes. I says, we'll buy you a plane ticket. We'll send you to Russia. He said, well, what am I to do? I said, I don't know, but you're to go to Russia. And you wait in the airport until somebody comes. Because if God is in this, he'll make it work. Now, I realize as you're listening to this, you're going to think, okay, I'm turning this podcast off because this guy is crazy nuts in the head. I, I wouldn't blame you if you did. But this actually happened. So you might want to not turn it off until you hear the rest of the story. We bought Herb a ticket three weeks later. Herb by himself flew to Moscow, Russia. He gets to the airport. He knows nobody. And he sat down in the airport. And two hours later, this guy walks up to him and he says, excuse me, I've noticed that you're here. I'm a taxi cab driver. I've noticed that you've been here now. Did you miss your ride? He spoke fluent English. And Herb says, no, I haven't missed my ride. I'm just waiting for the right person to come. He says, well, who are you looking for? He says, well, the Lord sent me to Moscow. And so I'm here on a mission. Well, you need to meet my pastor then. Come with me. So Herb gets in a taxi. <laughs> Never met the guy before and is driving through Moscow. Pulls up at this guy's house. Walks in. It happened to be Pastor Paul, the head of the Pentecostal church in all Russia. Paul doesn't know English and they don't have their interpreter there. So there's a lot of sign language going on and the, the taxi cab driver was summoned before he left to talk to them a little. So Paul went and got an English speaking 
member of the church to come. And Herb explained to him why he came. And he said, do you have a pastor that sent you to come and sit in the airport and wait for somebody to come? He said, yep. He said, I got to meet this guy. And Herb says, well, but he won't meet with you because I'm the one that is supposed to be here, not him. So he says, what do you want to do? He says, I, I'll be given my assignment when I get here. He said, well, I know what your assignment is then. If you want an assignment, we can't get anybody to go to Siberia to minister to the prisons. Nobody from America wants to go to Siberia and minister to the prisons because it's so cold in the winter and it's so bad in the summer. And in the spring, it's so muddy. It's, it's just a God-forsaken country. And Herb says, then I guess that's where I'm supposed to go. Herb came home, gathered together a team that put the same drama on that I've taken all over the world called Zion, that mine that we put on in Guatemala to the soldiers. And he took off for, for Russia. Pastor Paul had one of his elders set up a meeting with the commandant in one of the cities in Siberia. And they went and they met the commandant. He explained to the commandant what he was about, that he wanted to bring Jesus and the love of Christ to his prisoners. Lo and behold, the commandant says, well, I'm an atheist and I don't believe in any of that. So that's not going to happen. And Herb says, well, then until that happens, what else can I do for you? He said, bring me medicine. We need vitamins and medicine. So go home. Bring me vitamins and medicine, and I'll give you the list, and then come back, and we'll talk. So Herb came home, got medicine, vitamins, got a new crew together, and took off for Moscow. Herb made 35 trips to Russia. Herb met the commandant and became dear friends. Herb then started ministering in eight prisons throughout Siberia. Herb would go in the dead of winter because they actually plow the roads with a road grader right on over the lakes and the rivers. So the best time to go and transport yourself was during the heavy freeze. Cold as it was, you would bundle up and you would just take off across the country. And he said it was smooth riding, driving on ice and snow. But he got to the place where the prisoners then fell in love with him because he brought them medicine and vitamins. And then the commandant said, would you do me a favor? And Herb said, well, of course, I'll do you a favor. What do you want? Bring me a dental team, and I want them to do dental work on my prisoners and all eight prisons. So Herb came home. I helped him gather a dental team together. We sent six dentists with portable equipment boxes with them in suitcases. We sent six hygienist people, and we had three different nurses. I went with Herb on that trip, but not as the leader, simply to pack his bags. And I mean literally pack his bags. Remember, here's a guy that had 24 hours to live. And now that's five years later, and he's made many trips, the commandant's on board, and now we're there with the dental team, and we're going to spend two days in each prison to do fillings, pull teeth, 
do whatever it takes to alleviate the pain these prisoners were going through. In the eighth prison, the commandant, that's where he lived. He lived in the city of the eighth, where the eighth prison was located. We had him lined up and the commandant was gonna actually have a root canal. So we started in the morning on the commandant and we were working on all the rest of the guys. And this lady came up to me and she said in broken Russian, I wanna thank you so much for taking care of my teeth. They hurt so bad. I had some definite infection and now I'm, I'm, I've been so blessed. I wanna thank you. And I says, well, do you know Jesus as your savior? Well, she says, no, but I want to, cause I know why you're here. I want to accept Jesus as my savior. And her little girl was there with her. And I knew that she had to be an officer's daughter, an officer's wife, and that had to be the officer's daughter, but I didn't know it was the commandant's. And so I led her to the Lord and she cried and hugged me and was so thankful. The little girl received Jesus. She cried and hugged me and was so thankful. And now they're waiting for the commandant to come out. He was the last one to come out that day. He came out, mouth was numb, where they had put Novocaine in to do the root canal. The little girl ran up to him and spoke, in, of course, in Russian, and, but you can understand what they were saying. Daddy, daddy, I just received Jesus over there with that man. And he looked at me and, the, and his wife looked at him like, oh no, what's gonna happen now? And she said to him, I did the same thing. So the commandant came over to me, shook my hand with the interpreter standing there and says, I want to thank the team. I want to thank Herb. Herb's a real hero here in Siberia. We really appreciate what your church allows Herb to do. And we really want to thank the church for all the medicine and, and all this dental team, all the vitamins you send in. And now here my wife has accepted Jesus and my daughter has accepted Jesus. And so I think it's time that I accept Jesus. And so he accepted Jesus right there on the spot. And then he said, Herb comes out and he called Herb over. He says, Herb, you've done everything I've asked you to do in these last three years. What I want to do now for you is to allow you to minister the way you want with your drama. I want you to minister to all eight prisons any way you want. Well, now remember, her brought them medicine, her brought them vitamins, her fixed their teeth. Her puts on the drama hundreds and hundreds and hundreds came to Jesus. And then her brought Bibles to them. 35 trips her made to Russia. The commandant wanted to come and thank Christ Center personally, the church. So Herb brought the commandant to Oregon. The commandant stood up on a Sunday morning. He drank vodka like we drink water. He had a nose that was so red, it looked like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But he always had a vodka drink. When he came, there was a big party. And one of the guys brought a bottle of vodka. He was one of the guy, one of the businessmen in town that didn't attend Christ Center, but wanted to go on one of the Christ Center trips. So he, he came and he brought a bottle of vodka. 
Unbeknownst to Herb or anybody else, the commandant said, no, I appreciate the gift, but I don't drink vodka. And the businessman that was there that drank vodka with him says, well, what do you mean you don't drink vodka? He says, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior, the Lord spoke to me and said, you've got a wife, you've got a daughter, and you have all these prisoners that need you. Quit drinking. He said, I haven't drank vodka since I accepted Jesus as my savior. And he stood up in front of the church and he preached a sermon. And you thought he would have been a, a vintage pastor for years and years and years. He went home that next year, his wife was killed in an auto accident. And he told Herb on, on Herb's next trip how thankful he was that his wife accepted Jesus Christ at that dental clinic that day when he was having his root canal. Herb was born in 1941, and Herb died in 2016. He died without any heart problems. When I say with no heart problems, he wasn't back in the hospital. He lived a full life. He absolutely was with coffee with me the day before he died, feeling great. And I asked him, are you going back to Russia? He said, I really believe that I have finished what I'm supposed to do in Russia. But I'm waiting for what God's going to ask me to do next. And what God asked him to do next was to go home to be with him. You've been listening to the I Heard It on the 806 podcast with John Bowers. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen. To learn more about John Bowers, this podcast, and to find out how you can get a copy of his new book, I Heard It on the 806, go to IHeardItOnThe806.com. This has been an Avenue 153 production.